Uh, right now, let's talk television. Brooks Alexander joins me now. Hi, Brooks. Hi, Jesse. How's it going? Good, thank you. Have you finally got to season two of The Bear? I finally did. Late to the party, uh, <laughs> but I'm very glad to have watched it. If it wasn't for Succession season four, it might be uh, my favorite show of the year. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was my show of the year. And um, oh, I, actually, we've had a lot of people talk about season one. I don't know if we've had a proper review of season two. So um, remind people what it's all about and then, and then tell us your impressions of the most recent season, which uh, debuted in June, I think. It did, yes. Uh, well, I think the, the prevailing impression from our first chat about the first season was about how stressful yeah. uh, and intense it was. Uh, it, it is about uh, a group of restaurant workers in Chicago, everyone from um, uh, the managers to the cooks um, to, the, to the wait staff, uh, as they attempt to, to run uh, an incredibly uh, understaffed and poorly managed uh, sandwich <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Um, and it was, season one was a very stressful watch, but it also definitely felt like lightning in a bottle. Uh, I'd never seen uh, restaurant life uh, portrayed uh, in this way before. So yeah. I, was, I was definitely nervous going into season two uh, to see if they could uh, recapture that magic. And I'm happy to say uh, season two is, 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 is probably better than the first one in every single way, in my opinion at least. Um, the, the cast has gone from trying to run sort of a, a mid-level uh, sandwich restaurant to attempting something uh, a bit more upper class, I guess. They, they give themselves a deadline of 18 months uh, to completely renovate the restaurant, to completely revamp uh, the menu uh, and to try and uh, uh, service a, a new type of customer, basically. So the whole season has this this ticking clock as they all desperately uh, try and get this restaurant up and running uh, in time. Which which uh, so they 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 trade the stress of like a dinner service for the stress of restaurant uh, management and creation, basically. Yeah. which I thought was a very interesting direction to take. And that's one strand of the plot, but there's also the, the, the personal lives of those involved. There's a love interest in this one, which I really Absolutely, enjoyed. Yeah. And also um, you get to know more about the family situation of the head chef and that if anyone's worried about catching up with their own family this Christmas, oh this, my this, goodness. The, this one might make them feel better about it. Maybe the most uh, traumatic Christmas episode I've ever seen in the history of television. Uh, traditionally, the Bear episodes are 30 minutes, but for one episode, episode six of season two, uh, it's a full 70 minutes long, and they bring in guest stars like Jamie Lee Curtis and Bob Odenkirk and a few others that it would be definitely a crime to spoil, uh, and it really just feels like you're watching a movie. Uh, the, the most stressful movie ever made, but an incredible one at that. Um, but yeah, I think that is the, the biggest thing that I liked more about this second season, is that if the the first season was about um, grief and the all-consuming uh, vortex that is working in a high-stakes working environment. Uh, the second season is about moving forward and how hard it is to find uh, purpose and hobbies outside of that vortex, basically. And well, who are these people outside of the kitchen as they try and as find uh, this connection? Um, and uh, it's just so brilliant having entire episodes dedicated uh, to the supporting cast. Uh, and just learning more about the entire Yeah, cast. isn't it just? It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, because I generally don't get excited about concept episodes of shows. Mm. I, I, I just want them, I just want TV shows to give me more <laughs> of the same. But this is a good example of um, the risks really paying off. And in fact, even Absolutely. after that family, even after that family episode, the next episode is a, is a real cracker and, and a lot of, 
my friend's favorite episode of the whole of the whole season. Agreed. Me as well. That was such yeah. a one-two punch, and uh, it barely even features our protagonist, played by uh, Jeremy Allen White. Uh, shout out, by the way, who is having an amazing year alongside his co-star uh, Ayo Adebri. Uh, the two of them are the two protagonists, and they are just killing it. I reckon they they are the ones to watch in Hollywood. Uh, Ayo has been in uh, I think three or four different movies mm. this year that have all been crit- critically acclaimed. Uh, and Jeremy Allen White is the new hunk of Hollywood, <laughs> and you can see him in the new Iron Claw movie, which is about uh, the tragedy around the Von Erich brothers, which should be really interesting to watch. It's fair to say, it'd be sort of a thinking person's hunk, wouldn't he? I mean, it's, I, not, I agree. it's not a Hemsworth Definitely. brother. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's the bear. What about the fall of the House of Usher? The fall of the House of Usher. Ah, oh, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. It's sort of gothic horror coming to us from Mike Flanagan, uh, which is a name hopefully many people will, will recognize. He has just been on an incredible uh, run over at Netflix uh, by making uh, a mixture of Stephen King adaptations and his own work. Uh, he's most famous for The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, he also made Midnight Mass and Gerald, uh, Gerald's Game. Um, and as this is a, unfortunately his, his last uh, project with Netflix as he moves over to Amazon to uh, adapt the Dark Power book series uh, into a television Ooh. series. Um, and so That'll excite a lot of people. Very, very exciting. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is his swan song uh, at Netflix, basically. And if I had to describe it, it would sort of be succession meets uh, the work of Edgar Allan Poe. Basically. You have this, this, uh, well, actually, the show is directly uh, adapted from Edgar Allan Poe's work. Each uh, episode uh, is named after a different Edgar Allan Poe mm. short story, uh, despite, and it's sort of a modern adaptation of each one. And we follow this completely unlikable family who uh, sells pharmaceuticals uh, to the underprivileged uh, and completely deserves every horrible thing that happens to them over the course of the show. (laughs) And the first thing that we learn in the first episode is that within a two-week period, the six heirs to the Usher empire uh, all die within a two-week period. All six children of this rich pharmaceutical baron all die. Each episode is from the perspective of a different child. Uh, on their last day of life. So you almost get that that sort of, is it Shaden Freuda, I think it's called, <laughs> where that, that, that pleasure at someone else's misfortune. So every episode you're introduced to a character and you know by the end of the episode they're going to die in some creative way. And the pleasure of the show is just watching the pieces light up and there's always some last-minute twist that you don't expect. So it's kind of like Final Destination or something. Okay, cool. The Fall of the House of Usher, and that's on Netflix. I'm talking to Brooks Alexander about TV and... Finally, oh, not finally. Gosh, you've got a lot to talk about today. That's all good. Tell me about For All Mankind. I've seen this <laughs> one promoted on Apple watch, TV. Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'll keep talking. Um, uh, they've been yeah. promoing it um, pretty heavily, I think. Yes, it honestly is like sneakily snuck up on me to become one of my favorite shows. Uh, it comes to us from Ronald J. Moore, who is the writer of Battlestar Galactica. And I think this is one of his first shows since. And that was obviously a very iconic show back in the day. Uh, and this is more of an alternate history science fiction drama type thing. The premise is, what if uh, the Russians were actually the first people uh, to reach the moon, uh, which sort of incentivizes America uh, to focus more on the space race uh, throughout the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. 
Uh, and each season uh, follows a different uh, section of that. So season one and two is all about landing on the moon and colonizing it. Now we've reached about the early 2000s and there's full on colonies uh, on Mars. So as we divulge more from actual history, uh, we're getting more and more science fiction-y. And uh, each season jumps ahead about 10, 15 years. So I think the, I think the creator has about a seven season plan. So I'm not expecting most of these protagonists to survive the whole show because nobody can live that long. Um, so already the characters in season one who are spring chickens uh, have very elaborate old age makeup uh, and are starting to get swapped <laughs> out by new characters as we get along. But uh, this season is all about colonizing Mars and potentially uh, a worker uprising uh, as the working class discovers many of uh, the same issues uh, are on Mars as they were trying to escape uh, back on Earth. And it's just a very interesting mix of uh, small scale family drama with the bigger science fiction set pieces uh, that really get the blood pumping. So I honestly love it. Every episode has me grinning from ear to ear uh, just to see what wild new concept they come up with while still grounding it uh, in reality. Yeah, they actually feature... They feature actual historical figures, correct? Absolutely, yeah, and and uh, and they and they just sometimes massive swings from history, sometimes just very subtle differences. So it's clear that the writers did a lot of historical research and background uh, just to, to to play in this playground of, of what if and what if what if this happened? If, what if this was president? Or what if we had this relationship with this country instead of this one? What if North Korea was a major player uh, in the early two thousands? Uh, so it's really just a fascinating just what if experiment, I guess. Yeah, thank you. And man, sounds like an ambitious show very ambitious seven season plan we're only on season four so it's like where can we possibly go from here i'm yes. hoping for some sort of interstellar wormhole travel or something i don't know go yeah wild. like battlestar galactica meets the crown exactly um, oh i love that <laughs> <laughs> okay and a quick word on fargo lots of people will have uh will have discovered this one already but there's a new season out i think yes uh season five is currently streaming on neon and my favorite thing to do with every new season is just to read the cast list because uh huh. every single season of fargo just has an absolutely killer cast uh last season i think a lot of people uh were a bit uh indifferent on uh they switched the location to kansas city uh it was a bit more of a mob focused storyline with chris rock uh great cast but it just wasn't quite uh what i was looking for from that specific type of story thankfully season five we're back uh in minnesota uh where uh the the (laughs) everyone is very polite and yet still incredibly cruel to each other if that makes sense. The, the, the first episode starts with the definition of, of Minnesota nice, uh, which is how everyone is, is, is nice to each other uh, to the point of it being a little too much. Um, and as always, it's another surrealist crime comedy drama um, that starts with an act of violence that, that spreads through this small town and starts to infect uh, everything and everyone. Um, and it's just, it's darkly funny. It's got great characters. The cast is always is amazing. This season we have uh, John Hamm as a sort of MAGA sheriff antagonist, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Juno Temple, hot off her uh, Ted Lasso run, uh, is a very interesting as our mysterious protagonist with an unknowable past so if you just like if you like crime stories with it with a dash of surrealist humor you can't really go wrong it really just feels like i've come home with the season and i'm I'm very interested it's a very weird show season one had fish raining from the sky season two had a literal uh, ufo uh, appear at one point so i'm very ready to see what weird uh, mystical directions this goes in because you can just never predict where a season of fargo is going to go Four very strong recommendations today. Brooks Alexander, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's our TV critic for Monday. Fargo, For All Mankind, The Fall of the House of Usher, and The Bear.